The game is afoot, all our buddies. No intro joke this week, because the entire damn episode is going to be a joke. Uh, <laughs> this week, we watched 2018's Holmes and Watson, starring John C. Riley and Will Ferrell in that order, because John C. Riley is one of the few things worth watching in this movie. Agree. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the final pod. I, for my part, as am always, that guy, Casey. Joining me here is Nick, whose brother Noah is the reason we watched this pile of goose kidneys. How you doing, Nick? How do you feel about what happened to us because of you and your brother? I think uh, family ties. Snip, snip. There. See you later, Noah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Wow. Um, I actually, I hate to say it. I, well, you know what? I was about to say I enjoyed this movie, but I enjoy the primal confusion and rage mm-hmm. that this movie sparked in me. I, <laughs> I am Fair. feeling emotions about this you know movie. what it did what art is supposed to do it the, evoked a visceral emotional reaction and like, out of you. if that main emotion was discussed still an emotion you know and god bless yeah the thing is i yeah. you and i were texting you and i try anymore not to text or talk too much about mm-hmm. the story of the week or whatever simply because we want to save as much as we can for the right. we gotta get, you gotta get that fresh pod mm-hmm. but um i did tell you that like my main experience, I wasn't as angry with this as I was disappointed because there were things to like about it. Honestly, like, yeah. Yeah, that was my reaction, too. I was, like, I was really going into this expecting it to just be awful from, like, beginning to end. But there were actually bits where I was, like, sitting there hoping for it to, like, actually yeah. be funny. I was like, oh, shoot, like, maybe this will actually be an okay movie. Maybe every single nope. review that gave it a quarter of a star was actually nope. just wrong and only... Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. Nope. Um I, it's, yeah. <laughs> there are there are a dozen really solid, strange jokes that mm-hmm. make really good choices. Um, it's shot really gorgeously. All the Dude, costuming, isn't it? Like one of the so Cohen brothers, it was in charge of um, the directing or something, or was that no, some other Cohen? That was e- that that is Ethan Cohen, not oh, okay. Ethan. Co- I was yeah, not got Ethan it. Cohen. It's, I was yeah, like easy mistake to make. I mean, that like, mistake that can't too. Be right. No, different guy. <laughs> different guy who gets a lot of play because a lot of people make the same assumption. <laughs> I was like, damn, the Coen brothers are really struggling right now. Dude, do you know who scored this movie? Who? Fucking Mark Mothersbaugh. Who's that? What else? Mark Mothersbaugh is okay. He well, first of all, he's Mister Devo. Uh, Mm -hmm. Second of all, he let me let me bring him back up. No, I was reading through Alan Menken's page. No, uh, Mark (laughs) Mothersbaugh. He's he's a famous um, scorer. He did uh, he does a lot of theme songs actually. But like, if you noticed. Like the the score in the background music was incredibly inoffensive, and you didn't really notice it, which means it was doing its job. Right? right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The score was really good. The musical interlude near the end. Yeah, I like the single it. best part of the movie. Like unironically, a great song. I wish the whole movie would have been a musical. <laughs> Honestly, yep. that was written by Alan Menken, who you may remember from such films as Beauty and the Beast. The Little Mermaid. No. Pocahontas. Dude, yup. I think this movie was like, I think the worst part about this movie for me, of all the things that are the worst about it, the very worst part is that it really could have been good. Like, yeah. it has all the ingredients. It's one of those things it that it has bones. all the ingredients for a good, entertaining movie. And yet it just fails every time. Like, it just, every it scene it just hard. felt like... Like, okay, when's it gonna get, like, when's it gonna be felt? Like, it's building and build, and then it just dies. Like, nothing happens. There's no. It just plateaus over and nothing over. Nothing yeah. is funny. I maybe chuckled, like, a couple of times. Cause, like, there were, to me, 
to be fair, there were a couple of pretty good, like, history jokes. Like, I love yeah. watching historical comedies or, like, comedies set in the past. Like, A Knight's Tale is one of my favorite movies because sure. it's not historically accurate at all, but nope. they play it up. They'll be like, yeah. oh, they're doing a medieval dance, but it's to, like, rock music it's Bowie. or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's David years. Bowie. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I love that. Like, it's really funny. Like, this that movie does wrong everything that a night tale does right i think yeah because like even then like in a night tale they did that like specifically to evoke that like because you and i you and i couldn't bust a move to green sleeves but that's like that's how those people (laughs) speak for yourself well fair enough (laughs) i I presume too much i apologize but like that's why when boz lerman did um the great gatsby a few Mm -hmm. years ago now i i say a few years ago that was almost a decade ago um Uh. but like that's why he put modern hip-hop and rap in there because that's how people felt about their you know their jazz and and Ragged I love that, time. honestly. Like, dude, I a lot of people didn't like that uh, rendition of Great Gatsby. I loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. I think it fit. I think you're either a Boz Lerman fan or you're not. And yeah. uh, if you're not, it's real, real hard to get through anything he makes, mm-hmm. which is understandable. That's fair. Um, okay, so let's... Let's get into Holmes and Watson here. Well, and I, th- I think one of the reasons it struggled and did so very poorly was because there are there are probably forty minutes of solid, decent, actually well made movie in here. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot. It's it's shot very well. The the physical action of it is very very good. Oh, it looks um, beautiful. Like yeah, it's the a sets, gorgeous the movie. Co- so every the budget for this movie was insane, mind blowing. Yeah, and do you know what I think it was when this was first announced? Sasha Baron Cohen was going to be Holmes and Will Ferrell oh, was going to be Watson. That I Explains as much as I love as much it. as I love John C. Riley in this movie, that would have also, I think, been great. You know what? Honestly yeah. though, I have to admit it right now, first and foremost, like I'm really not that big of a Will Ferrell fan. Like I don't Understandable. think he's that I mean, like, he's pretty funny, but like honestly the only movie I've really ever seen with him all the way through was Elf, which I also didn't like very much. <laughs> um it's understandable. It's just not yeah, my Elf thing. is a Have you ever seen Stranger Than Fiction? No, I haven't. Is that a drama? Oh buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I know I'm prone to hyperbole, but um yeah, Stranger Than Fiction is a very, very special movie, and we're going to be watching that over on okay. our... I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah, it's got him, it's got Dustin Hoffman, it's got Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, I love Dustin Hoffman! Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's got uh, Queen Latifah and that British actress whose name I can never remember. She mm-hmm. was the mom in Love Actually. Um, mm, oh, I haven't seen Mary that Dallin one yet still, so... Yeah. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah, anyway, I'll be there, but... Uh, the point no, is, you know what? that was a really good... I did see... Um like some a trailer or something for that once and i thought you know what this actually looks really good like i don't i don't particularly have many actors that i go to see movies just for them i'm kind of just like i purely see movies based on what they're about and if i think i'll be interested in it and if an actor i like happens to be in it like bonus right Uh, but yeah no that did look good but uh yeah what (laughs) just just is that just to like reassure me that will ferrell can actually act and (laughs) be good and and yeah We've seen that, and his, you know, his his comedic chops in other things, in different things than this, have proven that. And I, I think our initial assessment was right. Like, once Sacha Baron Cohen left and this was no longer the project it was conceived as, I think Will Ferrell and John C. Rowley just decided, hey, we don't have to worry about the budget, we can just do whatever we want. Mm, and so and they, they did. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there are, there's, there are half an hour to 40 minutes of solid movie in here, and then they just realized, uh, they didn't have anything else to put in there, and couldn't ship it as is, and so they just bought a metric ton of dick jokes. Mm-hmm. Just, like, filled yeah. in the gaps there with 
the standards of comedy, which are apparently pee jokes, dick jokes, and every vomiting? kind of joke you can imagine. Every other kind of yeah, yeah. All right, well let's 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 jump in here. Um, one of our one of our Twitter followers, um, Sherlock Peoria, mm. who uh, Peoria, Illinois, not Peoria, Arizona, or Peoria, Washington. Um, <laughs> Got it. Uh, actually, d- yeah, <laughs> actually uh, defends this movie and was wow. was uh, was impressed that that we were watching it. So I'll be <laughs> I'll be curious to know what they think. But so let's start in. Yeah. First of all, half a dozen production company logo sequences always a good sign always oh, yeah. it's oh, like yeah. it's like it's that like when you see confidence. half a dozen written by credits on an episode mm-hmm. of star trek it's like ooh, yeah this was not one person's vision <laughs> this is gonna be muddled this movie traded in as we've noted four fifths what i think we could safely call gross out humor um dick yeah. jokes and yeah. etc mm-hmm. and one fifth truly strange left field shit that appealed to me deeply oh, and i yeah. think oh no i yeah. knew that watching it. i was like oh there's a case. that's a good that's actually like just the bizarrest humor i love bizarre humor like just totally yeah. le- i love that shit but just i couldn't even really appreciate those jokes because they were so squished in between all they of the really gross were. humor and it's like i really thought that as a culture we had gotten past at least in adult comedies kid comedies that's their own thing but adult right. comedies i feel like I had hoped that we had gotten past the whole, like, if you can't make people laugh, you can at least make them chuckle because they're uncomfortable type of thing, right. which I feel like a lot of those jokes are. They're kind of just like, like, there's a way to make genuinely gross stuff funny, I guess, but right. like, none of that happens in this, in this movie. No. Um, it just seems like a well, cheap shot, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's full yeah. of cheap shots. Yeah, it's full yeah. of very well made, very well produced cheap shots, which is a strange mm. thing to behold. It's so weird, yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. One thing I will give this movie is I have never seen a movie quite like this. I will give it that. That's it fair. It is unique. That's in... fair. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was it was a singular experience, as Holmes mm. himself would say. Yeah. Um, well, it opens with a quote saying, quote, Logic is the sword by which we slay ancient superstitions, but lo, the heart has its own truths to teach us. Hannah Montana, Season 2, <laughs> Episode 4. And I'm just going to let that one live out there in space. I'm neither going to confirm yeah. or deny. That can just be a, a <laughs> strange crystal floating in the void. Yeah. Um, so we open up with wee Sherlock getting dropped off at school by his mother uh, in hopes of socializing mm-hmm. him, uh, that he can make mm-hmm. friends, kiss a girl, etc., He's got mm. a violin, and he's got a wee turtle. It's pretty good. And the kids immediately swarm him just for looking poor and being the new kid. And a girl picks up his turtle and says, what kind of stupid <laughs> dog is this? And just throws it as far as she possibly can. And just can. yeets it into the sky. Which, um, like, animals... I was just talking about this earlier, weirdly coincidentally. Like, nothing to do with this movie. But, like, animals being like, oh, weird dog. Like, that's kind of that's always kind of funny. Just like yeah, weird that's, dog a, that's that. always good. Um, yeah. As as we mentioned in the pre-show, I watched this on Amazon. Uh, I pulled the trigger on that free seven-day stars trial, which honestly still feels like it was too expensive. Um, <laughs> but the the Amazon X-ray tells you who plays what, and the actress who plays Sherlock's mom, uh, her character is simply named Sherlock's mom, and yep. <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> um, Not even mother, mom. Later, the turtle's in a wheelchair. Uh, Sherlock is having trouble adjusting. He gets tricked into kissing a literal donkey's ass. Um, yeah. And then, in one of the strangest things I have ever seen on film, uh, 
quote, his heart had betrayed him, and so from that day forward, he vowed he would lock away all feelings. A single tear, listeners, tracks its way down his cheek and stops, and he sucks it back into his eye. (laughs) That joke works so well in, like, cartoons, but in real life, it's just weird to watch. Like It was very strange. That's a cartoon joke. But yeah, 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 that was, yeah. It was very strange. <laughs> and I honestly hoped, because the way this was framed, so visually, this is supposed to be mm-hmm. a more colorful, um, sort of riff on the Guy Ritchie films, right? I mean, that's one, that's the aesthetic they're I going assume. for, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah I it's, assume. Yeah. It's got, it's got the same Sherlock vision analysis technique he does a couple of times. It's got the same, uh, wardrobe aesthetic. And so, when he, when he sucked the tear back into his eye and it zoomed out and he was surrounded by those kids, I honestly thought we were gonna get just like a mass child fight scene. Where he just, <laughs> where he just like, karate, karate, just karate, all, just beating the shit out of all these other kids. Which like, you yes. do see a child fight later in the movie for some reason, but. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And someone says, what is he doing? He's uncrying? <laughs> One of the things I hate most in movies is when they show don't tell, which is the thing you're supposed to do when there's like a visual joke, mm-hmm. and then someone just verbally explains what just happened. I usually yeah. think that's pretty poor storytelling. But the phrase uncrying made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I I find interpretations, because you never know anything about Sherlock's childhood, in the canon, mm-hmm. I am always interested to see what people think because they're all completely original I- ideas right. and uh, just theories about how what happened to made make him you know the way he is. And I think this mm-hmm. one that they take is definitely like the absolute laziest. I know as little about Sherlock Holmes as possible. Uh, yeah, kind of guess. The other thing with this movie is that like I. It's, you know, like, Sherlock Holmes is a very British franchise, and anytime It's the British an American, franchise that, behind Doctor Who. Yeah, it's Who, the possibly. British yeah. franchise. And so, first of all, I'm not saying that, like, only Brit- British people can make Sherlock Holmes movies, but anytime, as far as I could have seen, anytime Americans try to, like, have a take on Sherlock Holmes, even, like, a comedic take, it kind of just, I feel like you're automatically, you're kind of setting yourself up for not doing a great job, if not necessarily mm-hmm. failing, because there's just Britain is just its own thing, and if you don't understand the humor and the culture, you can't really joke about it. It's like one of those things where yeah. it's like you can joke about it as an American and have it be funny, like if you're make in a making fun of it kind of way. But then there's other times, which they do a couple times in this movie, but there's also a couple other times where they like try to comment on britain as if they're british and it just doesn't really work because it's not you know what i yes. mean yes did you That's get any an of that excellent point yeah. yeah this is this is an american production um and it has some things to say about america and about britain and about the relationship between the two but it can't speak to the british part of that equation very capably and as a result like whatever message it might have tried to convey about that is pretty lost pretty immediately <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and just the accents as well. I really struggled with. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. So yeah, yeah. um, as soon as as soon as young Sherlock swears off emotions, he immediately becomes a logic machine and just accuses everyone of small child crimes, getting literally mm-hmm. everyone in the school expelled. I thought that was pretty good. 
Yeah, no, that was that was all right. Yeah. So he's the only student left, and every mm-hmm. professor at school dedicates themselves solely to teaching young Sherlock Holmes, which is pretty good. And he meets young Wee Watson, which sure, why not? Whatever. Yeah. Um, it saved us the trouble of having to introduce them to each other later. Like it saved us that scene that we've all seen a million times, right? Right, yeah. And, I mean, Spielberg's uh, movie, Young, I think it's called Young Sherlock or something. Have you ever heard of that or seen it? I thought that was, I thought that was a show. No, Steven Spielberg, well, it might have been a show as well, but Steven Spielberg made a movie um, about Sherlock Holmes, and I think it's just called mm-hmm. Young Sherlock Holmes or something like that. And right. it also... I hate that. It, I, I hate only that a lot, it. Yeah. Right. yeah, no, it's not great. It's a bad movie. But um, <laughs> the, it also does that thing where they obviously have to have Holmes and Watson meet as kids uh, because right. they, they are kids and you can't just not have Watson there. Um, but yeah, so yeah. it it's kind of just an easy way to do that. It's like, oh yeah, they met in school. Cause... It's saving some time. And <laughs> honestly, that's kind of... I, I don't know that I'd say respectful of the audience, but, like, one of the strengths of the new Spider-Man films with the Tom Holland mm-hmm. is that, like, we didn't have to watch Uncle Ben die a 50th time. We know that story. Right. It's fine. Yeah. 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 We don't need to see it again. Yeah. Exactly. We don't need to We don't need to have Holmes and Watson meet again. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But so then uh, they become friends. Title sequence, newspapers, and it could not be more evident that they're ripping off the uh, Robert Downey Jr. franchise in what I thought was actually a pretty, like, it's it's not that it's a good movie, but I think they took their love of those movies and tried to transport it into what they were doing, and it worked pretty well. I'm one of those people who will, like, pause it to read all the newspaper headlines, and I yep. did, and, like, they were pretty, they were really funny. Did you do that, too? <laughs> they really yeah. were. Yep, Dude, I love you, buddy. I this is so loved, good. like... The running joke, the, one of my favorite jokes in this movie, probably my only favorite joke in this movie, was just the fact, just the joke of Watson constantly getting, like, shunted aside as, like, a nobody. Yep. Like, who is this guy? That's my favorite joke in canon, and that's my favorite joke anytime they bring it to any adaptation. Like, one of the headlines was, otherwise a useless sidekick, like, helps him out. And then the other one is, like, Holmes to bring evidence, guy who works with him coming too. Like, that's funny. Like, that's yeah. good. It's a good gag. It is. It was pretty um, good. Which, yeah. which, again, <laughs> leads me to believe that there must be leftover bones in this movie from when it was going to be a different thing. When Sacha Baron Cohen was still yeah. attached, and then it when it couldn't be that thing anymore, they had to fill in the gap with dick jokes, and uh, and it didn't gel for that reason. Because mm-hmm. there were parts... It was... Like, at yeah. The, no, go ahead. At the at the very end, there's like an extended action sequence when Holmes like has to rush to, to, to the Titanic... Yup, mm-hmm. we'll get there. Um, there's an extended <laughs> yeah. sequence, and like that is, it's a solid action sequence that feels like it comes from a completely different movie. So I think, mm-hmm. I don't know what I think. I, we could speculate it, till it feels till the like come it home. feels like the weird like stitched together version of two movies. One which is just yeah. a completely cheap, awful movie from beginning to end, and two which actually knows its source material and can joke about yeah. it. Like as someone, it's like I don't know. Like if 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 there was a movie where it was just someone who, like me who fucking loved Sherlock Holmes and knew everything about it, but was like two drinks in and was talking yeah. about it in like the most dumbed down way possible, but they still knew what they were talking about because like it was there. Yeah. I would absolutely watch the crap out of that. Like that would be hysterical, you know? And there were bits of this movie which made me think that that might be what it was. Because like uh, the whole joke yeah. about like Watson being the useless sidekick and like. 
the, like, there was a joke about him, like, trying on a bunch of different hats to see which hat fit. Yes. And, like, the whole thing, like, did Sherlock Holmes wear a deerstalker or not? Like, kind of, like, that joke was, it made sense. Like, it was there. But, it was fine. Like, yeah, just, it was good. And it, and it tried <laughs> to do a couple of things. Like, to my knowledge, you would know better than I would, of course. Uh, but, like, to my mm-hmm. knowledge, I, I've never seen a Holmes adaptation that deals with the problem of Watson you know, getting the shaft vis-a-vis credibility and stuff for all the good work yeah. he does. That's an interesting yeah. problem. I would love to see that part of their relationship tackled. Right. Like, Watson, like, part of the conflict of this movie is that Watson feels like he's underappreciated by Holmes. You know, Holmes right. never acknowledges him. He doesn't give him any credit for helping him out. He's just the guy he works with. And it's right. giving him, like, anxiety or, like self-esteem issues to where the fact that it was like oh no i don't even deserve the attention i really am useless and all this yeah. stuff and it's like that's you know that could have been that could have definitely gone somewhere like heartwarming if if this movie were a good movie that did a good right. job but but it wasn't yeah and it didn't all right we <laughs> yeah. can't this this movie is not long uh this movie i believe was a tight 90 minutes and felt much longer uh mm-hmm. so <laughs> Newspaper sequence, uh, Scotland Yard baffled by new murder, Holmes solves in four seconds. Pretty good. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, we go to the trial of Moriarty. Um, but first we see that uh, Holmes and Watson are getting dressed and trying, you know, getting ready for the day. John C. Riley actually does a passable British accent because he's not trying he does. too hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Will Ferrell knows that he can't do it. And so he's just swinging for the fences and just having as much fun right. with it as he possibly can. Yeah, which, like, I'm sure was fun for him and probably for John C. <laughs> Riley too. <laughs> as an audience member not, watching this and trying to understand nope. what he's saying, not so much. Uh, we're introduced to Ralph Fenns as Moriarty, and this is the first... This is the first indication we get that this movie is not confident in the strengths of its lead actors. There are half a dozen big, big names who show up for two damn seconds in this movie. And do almost nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Moriarty among them. So Moriarty has been caught. Yeah. He's been charged with murder. But all of the witnesses have died, without which the judge has no choice but to set him free. Which... Nope. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> well, that's what we talk about in the, in the stories. It's just, well, crime canceled. Just <laughs> whatever. Yep, well, I guess, well. Rob Brydon is there as Lestrade, uh, who is played 100% straight in this movie. He's not a comedic character. He is just trying to, trying to catch crimes and is mad at Holmes and Watson for doing it. This is a mm-hmm. big, this is, as much as this is just two best friends making a movie, this is also two best friends bringing all of their friends into it. Because, okay, right. so so we have Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Will Ferrell was in a really funny movie that I liked a lot called The Other Guys with um, Mark Wahlberg. This featured Steve Coogan, who shows up later in this movie. Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon, who plays Lestrade, were in a trilogy of films together where they just drive through England eating at beds and breakfasts and discussing things. They're a lot of fun. I actually recommend them. A comedy or? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they're, they're funny, but they're like life funny, not scripted comedies. Um, uh, the first one, oh, okay. they're, they're called The Trip, The Trip to Italy and The Trip to Spain, I think. And you should check them mm-hmm. out. They're, they're relaxed. But, but the point is that this was yeah. just a bunch of guys who liked each other getting together and calling all their pals in thinking, hey, this can, adding more cooks to this kitchen can only improve things, surely. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That's cool. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know who that guy was, but I think the I think the uh, choice to play Lestrade is completely straight was a good one. And again, could have worked. Do. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, a big part of any Holmes adaptation is like, what is the reaction and feeling of the world around him to Holmes and. Mm-hmm. And I think the realistic one of Lestrade just being like, fucking no, we have due process. Stop what you're doing. Just help me get criminals, dude. Right, like, just I, getting angrier and angrier at, like, Holmes' yeah. shenanigans. Yeah. And I mean... And I kind of like that. Also the public's... Yeah, and also, like, the public's response to Holmes in this was really interesting, too. Because you don't... I don't know. You don't really see, like... you see, in, in canon and stuff, you, you, you see a bit of just the general public's response to mm-hmm. Holmes as a person, but it's never completely clear. It's like, is he a celebrity? Yeah. Like, does everyone know who he is? Or is he just kind of like a well-known person where like, oh yeah, I've heard of yeah. that guy kind of thing. And it's kind of like, this adaptation takes the takes the um, route of like, he's a celebrity, basically. Like, everyone knows who he is. Everyone thinks he's the best. Like, which keeping right. it, like, for simplicity's sake, for just a comedy, like, yeah, it makes sense. But um, yeah, I thought that was kind of... Yeah. Well, uh, Holmes and Watson... I don't know where I was going with that either, but... <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it, man. Um, yeah. They are late. They are late to the trial, which is bad, uh, because <laughs> Holmes is trying on hats. Uh, quote, a sniff of morning cocaine always helps the brain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you like that joke, because there's a lot of them. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you have to have I cocaine. I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. You have to. He tries on uh, he tries on a bunch of really dumb hats. One of which is a red fez that says "Make England Great Again," and I don't know who that yeah. joke was for. Yeah, <laughs> not not sure okay. either. But no. Yeah, they receive a, a parcel that is labeled "Open Before Trial." They do so, and it releases a killer mosquito, which is uh, infected with the African plague. You know, the one African plague. We get the first of the, like, Sherlock Vision action sequences where he does the Robert Downey Jr. thing of, like, account for degrees of motion. You step on the warped floor, swing cricket bat, and smash mosquito. And uh, mm. it just leads to a full-on slap fight between them as they try to smash this mosquito. And then there's a bee swarm. They shoot at the bees. There's a diving, diving helmet full of bees at one point. Uh... I don't know that there was a point to this sequence other it's than... It's just excruciating thought, to watch. It's like, they thought the movie needed got more shouting. Yeah, more yelling. Absolutely, more there yelling. Wasn't Not enough funny yelling. enough, just yell louder. <laughs> no. They they yeah. finally bust into the courtroom. Uh, just as... The, the, the judge actually goes through this thing I quite like, where he says, And now I will bring down my gavel, making official the proclamation of your innocence. In six seconds time, just like stalling for as much time as he possibly can. Then the door mm-hmm. opens and Watson, Watson just fires his gun off, just higgledy-piggledy and shoots like the clock and the head off the, off the judge's gavel and one of the court reporters <laughs> and just dies. And yeah. <laughs> just dies. Yeah. It, it, they, it they got the to... joke of like just Watson being a dead shot because it's funny and I liked that. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. It's actually my favorite running joke in the movie is that, like, whenever Watson encounters resistance of any kind, he just immediately brandishes a weapon. Like, he just pulls out <laughs> his sword or just, like, yeah. reloads his gun. And nothing ever happens, right. but it's still, it's very funny to me. Um, There's even, like, a, a scene later where he has a chair. So yeah. they explain uh, they explain how Sherlock solved the crime. <laughs> I arrived at the crime scene alone, completely and utterly alone. <laughs> and it flashes yeah. back to Watson, <laughs> of course, being right behind him. 
Um, <laughs> they use fingerprints to prove that Moriarty is not actually Moriarty at all, but a terminally ill lookalike who has agreed to hang for Moriarty's crimes so that Holmes will stop pursuing him and he can go do crimes in America, which actually, not a bad idea. I If this were a good movie, I would watch that. Mm, seems like something Moriarty would do. I mean, it's on yeah, brand. for real. <laughs> yeah. So he gets this guy released. Um, Lestrade is very upset and says that any crimes Moriarty crimes from now on are on Holmes's head. Holmes says, nah, he's gone, dog. And uh, retires to be sad because he's no longer challenged um, to eat onions and force Watson to do the same. Um, there's, <laughs> They really do scatter. There's, They're talking about onions and how onions increase the red blood cell count. And Holmes at one point just says, now, where's my opium? And I don't, I don't know... <laughs> I, I can't I can't name every dumb thing about what they thought medicine was in this time because they sw- they swung that hammer a lot and mm-hmm. I think it was the right call in a movie that is otherwise so weak. Oh yeah, just the whole like commenting on like just historical because historical dramas offer just the best opportunity for the specific joke of we know something as not being as being like past this time we know like like Mm -hmm. the whole thing with the titanic like no one knew the titanic was just a ship until it sank and now it's like anything they have like you know it's like you know what's gonna happen and it's just just stuff like that where it's really funny and how we're like oh we're at the peak of modern medicine like uh there's nothing left to learn like there's nothing left to learn like we we know everything it's just like and then we look back as like victorian era being just renowned for just utterly like sawbones like the whole joke coming from that uh it's good yep. yeah those were all, all the medicine doctor jokes were pretty good they get a letter from the queen requesting that they solve a crime they meet the queen and we see that scene from the trailers where the queen is of course a very old woman because she's the queen and mm-hmm. they talk about how hot she they think she is and how watson's <laughs> in love with her it's a weird joke and i i respect the instinct to double down on a dumb joke and go at it twice as hard i respect that i just wish it yeah. had been a funny joke i know like there really was a way like i thought the idea to me of like in a comedy watson being like a huge like fanboy of the queen and like acting stupid in front of her because he was so like oh my god it's the queen kind of thing like that's a funny concept but it's just not yeah it's just it just falls flat and it's like this really is an easy joke but somehow you flubbed it it's like yeah just watching them drop everything one after another and it's like there's these are good this this is the potential the potential you know yeah the yeah and part of that frustration is that i mean will ferrell you buy the ticket, you take the ride, you know what you're getting with Will Ferrell. John C. Riley <clears throat> is a genuinely brilliant actor, even in this mm. movie. Like, there are there are moments of truly powerful acting from him that this movie did not deserve. Oh, yeah. And I, I yeah, really wish it, it, it would have just gotten out of his way and let him do stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. they invite Holmes to come solve a crime. He gets there. It's a birthday party for him to celebrate his many years of public service. Holmes lists off to Watson how he already knew about the party because... You smelled like a stationery shop, and you had cake crumbs in your mustache, and you brought home this case of really expensive champagne. You lack the self-esteem to get yourself such an extravagant bottle. To which Watson replies, <laughs> It's true, I don't deserve nice things. <laughs> which just hammers home the nature of their relationship. Well, what happens next, Nick? So, there's... The cake is obviously the kind of cake that someone is supposed to jump out of, and there is instead a dead body in the cake. I'm not Correct. sure if the body, if there is a dead body, or if they st- 
stab the cake with the knife, and then whoever's... I assume the person's already dead, but it's a message from Moriarty. This dead body comes out of the cake, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's Moriarty. But And then Holmes is like, no, it's not Moriarty because he's in America. Like I said before, I just, like, stick him with that whole thing, and it's like, all right, so now we have to examine the body and then it's it's like a mystery now they have to now the mystery is right here now we found the thing we found the thing so yeah the mystery is in motion the next scene is they're going to the morgue to Mm -hmm. check out the body and then another character is introduced and it's a female doctor i can't remember her name i don't care and her assistant heart there we go and her assistant who's apparently just some feral woman who was raised yep. by <laughs> who was raised by cats in the wild yep. or something and it's like an experiment with this doctor she's like oh in in so and so years she can have the intelligence of a 4 year old or something like that and i'm like that yep. is weird joke but okay sure yeah and yeah uh so that's a thing and watson goes into uh clean up the and then there's a whole like eight minute long joke about how like a female doctor which is also potentially funny but somehow not i don't know it was a, it was some, like medium funny i guess like there are there are some <laughs> solid bones in this joke sequence one of them is what uh, holmes assumes that these women are here to identify their dead husbands and says oh look watson grief has scrambled her brain she thinks she's a doctor fortunately miss there's a real doctor here who may help you watson oh yes would you like some heroin (laughs) and (laughs) just highlighting and and says oh a woman doctor what times we live in well in america we're much more progressive i now make 30 cents for every dollar a man earns which Mm -hmm. pretty good yeah and that's and that leads us to our to our first of a series of jokes about how america uh thinks it's the best and is mistaken mm. um this is dr grace hart she is a pioneer in electroshock therapy i proved that the higher the voltage the more demons are released some of my patients live as long as a week <laughs> and i really like that, that one <laughs> holmes is for his part taken with uh hart's assistant millicent the woman who was raised by feral cats mm-hmm. and they have uh, an extended, uh, deeply erotic onion-eating sequence. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the whole scene. They're just both eating an onion, and, like, he's just baffled at her behavior, and yet, like, weirdly yeah. turned on at the same time. And I'm like, this is certainly a joke? Possibly. I think this is a joke. <laughs> it's just Nobody it's, knows. It's so, it was baffling. Like, I genuinely didn't know what was going on in what I was watching. Like, it was, yeah. it was very strange. Either. Yeah. This is this is the beginning of an important plot point though, where Hart asks if um, Hart asks if Watson doesn't want to be co-detective with Holmes instead mm-hmm. of just like assistant, and Watson says no, no, he couldn't possibly ever. But the fish hook is there in his brain, and he says, yeah. "Well, we're here." Quote: Let's go clean this cake-covered bastard, which is <laughs> one of the best sentences I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And we and they they go in there. They turn on uh, the romantic autopsy music, which you know I think volume five or six. Now that's what I call romantic autopsy music. Mm-hmm. And they have it's a very strange sequence, <laughs> but they wash the they wash the cake off this corpse and. I can't overemphasize how bad a movie this is, but how good John C. Riley is in it. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's it's an incredibly strange moment, but it's a genuinely romantic portrayal of that strange moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it, 
the the feeling is there. Like it it accomplishes like the character. I I think it's one of those things where it's like it would have been utterly just awful if the if the talent wasn't good because he's good right. and then his the the female actress is also great like she's a really good actress and she's again a kind of one of the like straight men of the movie where every line right. she delivers is a hundred percent like genuine she's like you know a foil to everyone else uh Correct. and it does a great job but like what what like how is this supposed to be i don't know I'm sure there's some people who might find it funny just because it's awkward. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, that, and that's honestly that's part of the problem. Um, I read a couple of reviews of this, and the most succinct and accurate one I saw was that it's not the problem. Isn't that this is a dumb movie? The problem is that this movie doesn't know what kind of dumb it wants to be. Right? Yes, that really sums it up. Yeah, yeah. It's just because like it's incohesive. Just utterly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yes. Because if they played it completely straight, if it was just like if uh, if Grace Hart and John Watson cleaning the cake off this dead man as their first date, if they just played that deadpan and the mm. whole movie was that kind of thing, it would have worked beautifully. But it would have been really good. Got. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's just whiplash every single scene because it goes from yeah. like genuinely heartfelt to gross to kind of funny to just yeah. bizarre left field kind of stuff. And it's just like pick any of those and it would have been an okay movie like i probably would have exhausting would have liked it but no it's yeah exactly it's just so all over the place and that is definitely i think its biggest flaw just of all so yeah that scene happens and yeah yeah they uh they head back to baker street um they go to sleep watson has a dream of a dream sequence of playing strip chess which uh which Starts out, you know, fairly. Uh, I don't. I don't know that sensual. It's even is funnier because it's movie, like but... Victorian era clothes, so they have like eight exactly. more layers than yeah. any like in the movie would have now. Petticoat number six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, and importantly, the movie, the uh, the dream sequence rather, ends with Holmes in a corset saying, "You'll never be co-detective" in Hart's voice, which is very important. And Holmes mm-hmm. has a dream sequence of opening. An ice cream parlor called Sherlock Cones with Millicent and their children. And let me tell you, I paused because I had to write these down. They put ice cream flavors on his on his (gasps) ice cream parlor. Yes. Oh my god. There were six of them. There was The Game is a Fruit, Elementary, my dear chocolate. A study in stracciatella, which is apparently Italian-style vanilla with chocolate flakes. I had to look that up. The mm. sign of the four flavors, the six Neapolitans, yeah, and that's pound a good cake one. of the Baskervilles. Those those are good jokes. Those are good those jokes are from people who know Holmes. Incredibly good. I just just remove the whole movie and save that. <laughs> that's... Yeah, honestly, and it's not that I don't like Will Ferrell. I do. I just I don't. I don't think he I don't think this was the movie he wanted to make. I think he wanted to do a thing with his buddy John C. Riley and just mm-hmm. be Victorian something or other, but I, I don't think this was the movie he wanted to make. I don't yeah. know. So they um they find out that this guy was killed uh with poison tattoo ink because he was given um a fresh tattoo before his death, and he poisons Watson to see if this is true. And this is another example of this movie not knowing what it wanted to be, because Watson progresses through this series of toxin symptoms, which are deeply strange 
and then veer into deeply stupid because the the sequence the sequence goes violent aggression when he just goes I'll kill you who's Watson mm -hmm. then drama queen syndrome which is <laughs> when he asks if if his pants make him look fat he starts acting like he's trapped in a box confused mime and then just this this whole list of things of uh, things that make no sense and are funny mm -hmm. for that reason it's i feel yeah. like i'm explaining this badly no um, it's just it's the left field just random humor exactly. kind of which like, can be yeah, definitely funny. really solid yes yeah, yeah. solid left field <laughs> jokes and then it ends with lactation that's the last one they tack on there mm -hmm. is just john watson's male nipples are expressing <laughs> milk that's funny right right no it no is not. not at all actually like in any way yeah. <laughs> no. It's, I don't know. It's swing and a miss. So they uh, conclude that the tattoo was done by a one-armed tattooist who they now need to find. They go to the bad part of town. Holmes <laughs> Holmes puts on a mustache as a master of disguise, mm -hmm. and it completely fools Watson. And once again, this is a really dumb joke that only works because John C. Riley is 1,000% committed to it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I genuinely like this part just because of that reason. Like, he was so... It was so funny. Just yeah, yeah. He just pulled like a that. gun on him as yeah. soon as, as soon as she turns around. <laughs> it's really good. Just he, he just, just, like, just slaps on a mustache. Yeah, that bit was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. And and then Watson's disguise is that of a quote down on your luck horse shit salesman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Which is both a genuinely funny thing and indicative of, you know, how, how Holmes feels their relationship is. Yeah. So they go on a pub crawl. They go on a pub crawl in search of the one-armed tattooist. Uh, there is child boxing, as we mentioned before, which is <laughs> just betting on child fights. Yeah. I think that um, was like they, an attempt at a joke of just LOL Victorians being weird, but I didn't, yeah, it was, I don't know. <laughs> I don't either, but I'm, I'm... Uh, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm qualified to talk about how wrong this movie is about right. itself. It's like I don't I don't know enough. I'm not intelligent enough to discuss this dumb movie. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. Um like they at one point they're they're drunk telegramming um <laughs> Grace Hart because because she and Watson are you know feeling romantic things towards one another and it's clearly like a you know drunk text sort of things yeah, and, like and Holmes no says drunk text. I shall call it an intoxigram and no one shall ever regret sending one <laughs> That's a good joke, right? <laughs> yeah, like that whole concept is funny, but just I don't know, it just almost seems like it's like the idea is funny but actually seeing it played out is kind of like it ruins it. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like it's 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 a thing that's funnier in the writers room, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, the next morning they um they having not found the tattooist, they said, "Well, there's some guys with tattoos, let's follow them instead," which that's not how that works, but okay. <laughs> they go to the gym, the gymnasium where these men are exercising and they find that the one-armed tattooist is a uh, handsome bastard Steve Coogan who has a prosthetic arm that also has a tattoo gun on the end, which is which pretty cool. Is real actually. Yes it is. Yep. And yeah, cool as hell. But yeah, um <laughs> also like another bit that was really funny in this scene was that there was like an electric bicycle kind of like bicycling for exercise kind of thing but it's like yeah. those big like original the, the not the safety farthings. bicycle but like yeah the penny farthings like that was pretty that was pretty yep funny. and also smoking for your health like breathing yeah, the lung exercise, exercise station like, yeah. yes <laughs> like 
like that's the kind it of like historical great. joke that like I wish the whole movie was like because yeah they're good like yeah the yeah this the strength of the history jokes is great which is but it's not again, enough weird yeah not enough to save the movie nearly but like no. it cushions some of the rest of it. <laughs> So, uh, Steve Coogan says that he killed the man who was in the cake, and he baked and decorated the cake himself. Yeah. <laughs> which Watson is incredible. Said, you can do that! You're a one-armed man! And he gestures to his to his tattoo gun arm and says, no, no, it has a frosting attachment. <laughs> which... <laughs> I've got to stop saying which and just trailing off, but that made me so happy that he's like, well, I'm yeah. in for a penny, I'm in for a pound, might as well just, you know, scroll, you happy, but well, Sherlock's birthday party got it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's, yeah, I mean... And, like, obviously, don't don't have a don't have a non-disabled character i mean uh, actor playing a disabled character if you can help it but i also don't know that the disabled actor community uh needs to be out there playing murderers with tattoo guns on the end of their arms so who yeah, knows i don't know about that one <laughs> i don't either it was yeah. it, it was a situ- it was a conversation that didn't need to happen in the first place i think but i'm glad we got to see steve coogan because i love that guy um oh yeah Moriarty reveals himself. He's there in the gym somehow. <laughs> and the only way out of this trap is to fight a giant man called Braun. Um, and Watson volunteers to fight him instead. Uh, he said, Holmes leans in and says, Don't worry, Watson, I think it's mostly psychological. Uh, well, I'm psychologically scared shitless right now. <laughs> Which is pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, and they got the actual let's get ready to rumble guy. Like, the guy who owns that from the... Oh, seriously? I think, yeah, I think that's the WWE or um, the yeah, WWF. Yeah. I'm not up on my wrestling divisions. But the actual guy who owns that Let's Get Ready to Rumble, the phrase itself, he trademarked that and has made so much money. Oh, wow. But that was him. <laughs> yeah, that's a really strong pull. Right, and, like, uh, for no reason. <laughs> just because they could. <laughs> just because. And, like, immediately they all form up to watch this fight, and a round card girl walks through with the, you know, like, the round ones. And then Holmes is like, what is she doing here? It's 7 in the morning or something like that. <laughs> yes! <laughs> See, that's a good joke. It's good. More of this, please. Yes, more of all of it, please. Um, uh, Braun yeah. throws Watson out of the ring literally immediately, and then mm-hmm. Holmes has another Sherlock vision analysis, which doesn't work even a little bit, and Watson just jumps in with a chair, just like in uh, <laughs> Charles Augustus Milverton. <laughs> yeah, just like in canon. Wow, the references. Yep, exactly. And a chair is apparently the weakness of the giant man. And just uh, knocks him down. And I think the implication is that he kills him. Because he he's just he, he keeps hitting him with the chair over and over again. Then he says, mm. my god, what have I done? And Holmes just says, no, no, you're fine. Moriarty! <laughs> really There's happy. a lot of, like, the the other running joke of people just dropping dead left and right. And it being treated like no big yeah. deal. Is also, like, really got me. I'm not gonna lie. Like... Because, yeah. I don't know, like, it was funny. It's just, it kind of goes, I think they were trying to make the joke that, like, so many people die around Holmes and, like, he's never affected by it in any mm-hmm. significant way. And, I don't know, it worked. Like, a, like that might have been the one joke that really worked, but it was good. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, there are enough strong joke shapes in this movie that I think they should have known better. But, okay, so they mm-hmm. won, and yeah. Steve Coogan... Is, is sitting there leaning up against the ring. He says, all right, well, we won. You have to tell us the stuff now. And Coogan says, all right, I'll tell you everything I know. I've been stabbed in the back. 
and then he just slumps forward because he's been stabbed in the back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was a good joke. Uh, Moriarty has done it and for some reason hung around afterward. So Watson knifes him from afar, but nope, it's that doppelganger again. And he produces mm. a lump of coal for them to take to Newcastle. There's your clue. And then um, the next scene, I don't, I don't know, I don't have anything else to say about it. That whole scene was something else. And... Yeah, the next scene is there. I think they're back at Baker Street, and Holmes has the coal, and he's trying to like write with it, and he's trying to focus and figure out what. Well, before else. that, we've uh, we've we've got more newspaper headlines. Um, we've got oh yeah, Queen oh, to die it. in two days. Sherlock and the guy he hangs out with both stumped, <laughs> and <laughs> and killer on the loose. Queen scared for her life considers bringing in the Lone Ranger, which is pretty good. <laughs> Did you ever see that Lone Ranger movie? Uh, which one? The the one from a couple years ago with Army Hammer and Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Johnny. I did not. Depp, not Johnny. No. No. I did not. I I, I don't I really have... know anything about the Lone Ranger, like at all. I don't either. I. Yeah. <laughs> weird. No. Weird. Like idea for a gap movie, in your knowledge out of the blue. Yeah. Because yeah. like if somebody if if I mentioned the Lone Ranger offhand. And you suddenly had an encyclopedic knowledge. I, that would fit. Like, I could see that. Yeah, I wouldn't question that. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me, someone mentioned Sintin. Me, actually, I know everything about this subject. Just, yeah. Exactly. Um, no, I know no let, r- Lone Ranger knowledge at all, other than the fact that it exists as a franchise. And I'm pretty sure yeah. his companion was supposed to be a Native American person and yeah. Johnny Depp, as far Not as I Johnny know. Depp is white <laughs> but yeah i'm not, not sure johnny depp's that. white but i'm equally sure he's not not native american yeah i don't know what yeah. johnny depp is <laughs> you know what this reminded mm. me of you saw um i think we talked about this you saw the fifth pirates of the caribbean right dead men tell no tales with um yes i did what's that handsome bastard's name who plays um salazar in that oh I don't know, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Let me look no, it come quick. on. He played Anton Sugar <laughs> in No Country for Old Men. He's the only fictional character yeah. I've ever had a nightmare about. What's that guy called? <laughs> Javier Bardem. Right, That's uh, him. That's yeah, him. Yeah, there you Javier go. Bardem. Anyway, he that was that movie was a lot of fun. In that felt, movie. <laughs> God, it was so good. That movie felt a lot like this one in that you could tell it was clearly Frankenstein together from like six different scripts and different ideas for movies, right? Yes. Yes. I <laughs> I watched that movie in the way that I watched this movie, in that I genuinely love the Pirates of the Caribbean films oh. and knew this probably wasn't going to be great because right. they should have just ended at one, <laughs> but I had no expectations for it, and therefore I enjoyed it. I, like, allowed myself right. to enjoy it. And there wasn't yeah. anything in it that was, like, so gross that I was just like, this movie sucks, I hate it. And which was kind yeah. of the same thing with this movie, where it was, like, despite all of the just, frankly, like, pointlessly disgusting humor, um, it there was nothing particularly offensive or, yeah. like, I don't know. It was, like... It was like a bad it was like bad humor in the sense of like high schoolers but nothing really like transgressive no. in any way I don't You think. know what like it occurs to me pretty, yeah just as you're it was saying almost that PG-13. there wasn't 
There wasn't really. I mean, there was there was sexism in that they made fun of like Victorian and Edwardian attitudes towards women and stuff like that. Like the I make thirty cents for every dollar a man makes. Like that's that's a solid historical right. goof and a solid yeah, commentary no, on was... how America's working right now. Yeah, but there wasn't right. there wasn't really any sexism. There wasn't any racism. Um, what what sexual Which... humor there was was pretty much just dick jokes, wasn't it? And there was nothing on screen. Like, everything, no, there, there were references to sexual jokes, but you don't see anything ever, which I was also relieved about because not yeah, super I was into too, that. But honestly, <laughs> no, not, not <laughs> your really like, It reminds and me. And also, like, yeah. It reminds just me mainly the reason 2000... why I don't watch a lot of. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, go, go right ahead. The reason you don't watch a lot of. Oh, just just modern comedies, just because a lot of it relies yeah. on that. Especially, like, action-adventure comedies like this is there's usually just graphic sexual scenes for, like, laughs or, or and or no reason, you know? Right. But, uh, yeah, fair. no, this movie didn't have anything like that, which I was and I very think, happy about. I think there can be a difference between nudity humor and sexual humor, because, like, naked people being funny is a trope for a reason. And, like, oh, yeah. uh... There was actually, I think it, no, it wasn't a Hallmark movie, but we watched it on Hallmark. Uh, It was called Cloudburst, and it was about two elderly Canadian lesbians who just want to get married. And, like, they, Mm -hmm. when the announcement comes that they can, they have to go on a road trip to get married. And at one point, an extremely ripped dude ends up splayed naked on the windshield of their truck. It makes just (laughs) as much sense in context. But, like, it is, it is, it is graphic like it is all mm-hmm. hanging out there but it's not oh, wow. sexualized like it's just yeah it's removed from that aspect of it which makes it less not less jarring but less uncomfortable i think i don't know yeah the human body is well, ridiculous like in, oh yeah no and like in again and like in a in knight's tale too you're introduced with uh paul bettany's character who i think he, he's playing chaucer like the writer mm-hmm. and you're introduced to his character by him just standing butt naked on the side of the road and they're like, right. dude, where are your clothes? And, like, that's the whole, like, joke. And, like, the running joke is that he's constantly just, like, naked for some reason. It it does right. have context. I just don't remember the context. But it's never, like, you see his whole ass, but you don't see anything in the front. And it's just, right. like, funny. And also, just in movies, when someone's naked and you have to have extremely clever camera shots to not get like uh-huh. the crucial bits in the shot i love that shit like yeah the, it, that's pretty just, good i love that it's really fun um but I yeah like there's totally like there's a there's ways to make nudity funny without being a gross there's ways to make sexuality funny without it being gross but it's apparently really hard to do because i yeah. don't see it in movies very often i don't see it often like, no and this movie i think this movie knew better than to try which credit like I'll yeah give them that Fair like, enough. good job like they found their <laughs> lane and they stayed one. in it all right so yeah, they're yeah. they're back at baker street um as as you mentioned they're trying to they're trying to formulate and postulate and holmes can't focus because uh because him in love with millie but holmes does conclude that the women are somehow involved and watson says mm-hmm. you're saying that grace is the killer of course she's not the killer she's an american she would have used a gun <laughs> which is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I the like that one. America equals guns humor is one of the things that really works in this movie a lot. Mm, it really does, and I liked that. Uh yeah, and then the queen shows up, which God no no scene in this movie with the queen is funny, which is 
Nope. Unbelievable to me how they could have possibly pulled that off because the queen as a concept is hysterical from an American yes. perspective. Like, yeah. uh, we, it even says in the movie at one point that like Americans have, or no, like they, they do have a concept of the monarchy, but like modern Americans, the people watching this movie would have very loose ideas or like connections yeah. to the queen and like the importance of her and all of that stuff. It's so easy. It's such a like ripe thing for comedy, for jokes. And yet mm-hmm. there's nothing funny about any of the no. scenes that have the queen in it. And I'm just like, how did you no. manage this? The queen is hysterical. Yeah, it's almost, <laughs> almost more impressive than anything. Uh, the yeah. queen shows up and Watson wants to get a, a selfie with her, which dumb. And uh, mm-hmm. they accidentally knock her out and she's dead. They killed her, which yeah. I did not see that coming. That was like, a bold I, move. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're gonna okay, like, regicide. How are you gonna work? This and one so out? they have to pretend yeah. she's alive. One of the guards knocks on the door, says, "McQueen, are you all right?" And John C. Riley says, "Yes, I'm quite fine. My lover, John Watson, will take care of me." Mm. <laughs> that, that was funny. Yeah. Um, they decide to flush her like so many golden fish. Um, in what Holmes described as toilet-sized chunks, Watson. <laughs> and then... Yeah, he's, there, like, standing a, over her with the bone saw, about yeah, to cut her up, and then she, like, wakes up all of a sudden. Exactly, yeah, there's an extended sequence where they try to stuff her into a trunk. They try to flush her down a toilet. They just physically abuse this body for as long as they can, and then she just wakes up no worse for the wear, despite the many punchings. She's just fine, mm. and then just leaves. <laughs> It's it's so bizarre. It's like where I don't know. I I don't know. I, I, it's got to be the like just the awkwardness of it. Like people being dead and or knocked out and having to hide the body right. is like a concept a that is pretty fu- like can be funny if you're into right. that kind of humor. Yeah. I'm not, but I I I get it. Like I get how it could be funny, but it's no, like yeah, I it didn't work. It was weird. So Not in this scene. They are going to the Anglo-American exhibition, which is exactly what it sounds like. And mm. that's what I think that's when I noticed that this is actually a really good-looking movie and that the wardrobe is a lot of fun, especially Will Ferrell's. Uh, Will Ferrell has a bunch of fucking dope vests. I love a good vest. I don't know about you. Oh, but yeah. But his, his oh, yeah. vest no, cravat game great. is on point. Um mm. And while they're out there, it's this gorgeous, like, lawn area. People are, you know, throwing medicine balls around. And Millie, Grace's assistant, is just being a cat. That is to say, mm-hmm. a psychopath. Like, she's just just wandering around. She's got, like, a... Uh, the doctor's got, like, a feather thing on a stick, and she's, like, swatting at it. <laughs> uh-huh. And when, and when Holmes, Holmes makes, like, a thinking posture with his hand on his chin, and she's just right behind him doing the same thing at the same angle mm-hmm. for no reason. And that made That me actress very had happy. so much fun. I, yeah. I love her. She gets my freaking, uh, what is the award? The Huxtable Award. Oh, Huxtable Award. Because you calling it already? All right. That actress was having the time of her life with this role. Yeah. And just it's hamming true. it up. I loved her. She was. She was chewing the scenery. Well, and the thing is, Millie doesn't speak for 95% of the movie. She has some lines right. in the musical and sequence later that I don't think is actually her singing, and then she does talk at the very end. But she has no mm-hmm. lines to work with for almost her yeah. whole performance. So she has to right. really throw herself into the physicality and the facial expression, and she does a great job. 
Oh, absolutely. Like, I watched, not to, like, I've watched other modern comedies, but a big chunk of my knowledge and appreciation for comedy movies are the Marx Brothers, which were doing sure. their thing in, like, 30s, I think, tw- very early mm-hmm. on black and white movies. And one of the one of the three, it's usually three, I think there's four, but the three main ones, uh, Harpo is right. the mime. He doesn't, he never talks. And right. he is literally just the peak of physical humor and facial expressions, everything uh, like that. And it just is so good. It's such a good, like, brand of comedy and very easy to, and fun to do as an actor. And it's like, when mm-hmm. the actor is having fun, it doesn't matter. Like, right. you will have fun, like, watching it. And I think, and that was definitely, like, what was going on here with that character. Um, Did you know the that there that are actually, got. that there are actually lost Marx Brothers? I, I, I see this joke flying at me from the distance. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Dylan. I don't even know what you're about to say, but I feel like Dylan said it at one point. Go ahead. You you know what? Fair enough. No, because I mean there were the standard. <laughs> Never mind. You know what? Joke aborted. No, it was I know gonna... it. <laughs> I read your mind in that moment. Well, the, were Mycroft the joke... and Holmes. I knew you were. You were gonna say <laughs> the joke set up. Yes, the joke go setup ahead. was that there were was that there were going to be various various Marx Brothers who who all ended with O and who all represented different things and the only ones I had in my head were Beppo the Italian and Odo the shapeshifter. <laughs> you know what? That is not the joke I thought you were going to make. Post canceled, Casey you? is actually a comedic genius. I thought you were going to make a Karl Marx joke. I thought you were going to start talking about Marxism. Oh no, no, I'm not Dylan. No. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I forgot you went to Christian school. You didn't learn history. You don't even know who Karl Marx is. (laughs) Yeah, no, our God is a communist, Nicholas. We are not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, yeah. Um God. Uh they go to the Diogenes (laughs) Club, which which is described okay, so Holmes bonks Watson on the head, um, determining that Grace is a real doctor and therefore probably not the murderer. Um, so he decides mm-hmm. that they need to go see Mycroft. They go to the Diogenes Club, which is, quote, a place for geniuses to avoid people like you, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, that was nice. We get three minutes of Hugh Laurie just sitting there yep. being fun. He is there. Yep. I love it. I love Hugh Laurie in any context, and I will take it. <laughs> like, I, this yeah. Tome, scene wasn't funny, but Hugh Laurie nope. was there, so I watched it. <laughs> they got exactly. me there. Yeah, uh, Holmes and Mycroft have some a... huge mutton chops. Yeah, for real, chopping it up. Yeah, and, and again, just chewing the scenery with his face, with that big freaky face of his, right? Just like oh, absolutely. The eyes and just, also, yeah. I will give them huge points for that because I had again had no idea who Laurie was even in this movie. I didn't know Mycroft sure, was in this same. movie. I didn't know anything. I Mycroft in the books is described as being like big. And so yeah. I was ready for just a slew of fat jokes, and I was like, all right, I really am not looking for... The fact that they didn't do that, like, ten, I love that. That was great. I was yeah. so relieved. I did not... I couldn't handle that spiritually. Um, yeah. Like, it's not funny. It's not. And they knew that ahead of time, so good for them. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's, you know, the more, <laughs> the more we talk about what they didn't do in this movie, the more it makes me think they kind of knew what they were doing. Right? Which frustrates me. <laughs> because, yeah. Because that means yeah, that like, this was the movie they wanted to make. 
Right? It's, yeah, it's upsetting. It's like, if you don't know what you're talking about and you try to make a movie, that's one kind of sin. But making a movie right. where you do know what you're talking about and it still sucks is a, a level above, in my opinion. It really is. <laughs> so, just... Holmes and Mycroft literally have telepathic conversation, <laughs> which... Mm-hmm. Sure, and uh, Watson tries to barge in. Yeah, they don't want him to, and he gets shifted off to the companion's room, which is full of monsters. <laughs> it's full of, mm-hmm. like, monkeys and other sidekicks. And the one thing that made me really happy, there's a person in there, dressed to the nines, wearing, like, a burlap bag on their head with a hat on top that just says, Balloons are happy, but they're not alive. And then it just cuts away. <laughs> and that will haunt me. <laughs> That was some kind of like I don't even know Wes Anderson maybe shit I don't I don't, I don't know, know dude it was Who it was one pos- of the big strange swings yeah that sounds like a joke that would be made in like the misadventures of flapjack or even like that yeah what, what is that you know gumball, gumball. like you know yeah. like that seems like that kind of joke where it's just so hauntingly weird that it's funny yeah and I guess it that had kind of a gravity of falls is- feeling to it. Yeah, yeah, and I guess yeah. that kind of worked, but... <laughs> yeah. so, so, Mycroft Mycroft convinces Holmes that uh, Watson must be the murderer. And so, uh, later on, Holmes accuses Watson and has him arrested, and there's a genuinely great moment here where, Holmes, where Watson says, Holmes, you must know in your heart, the heart is for pumping blood. The truth is the truth. And, and that sounded like <laughs> a legit Holmes line. Like, that could have been from canon, for all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Watson Watson says, The truth is that I've devoted my life to you, and I was a fool to think you could ever consider me a co-detective when you're incapable of even thinking of me as a friend. And then he gets arrested <laughs> and shuttled out of there. And it was it was affecting. It was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the end of the second act. The heroes are down low. It's a bad, sad days ahead, man. Mm-hmm. And I mean... I think occasionally you see I I can't remember any specific examples, but I feel like it's been touched on in other adaptations where like the Holmes and Watson relationship starts out with Holmes trading Watson kind of like dirt or like he's or whatever mm-hmm. like passing over him with everyone else, but then ends with him coming to appreciate Watson, which is mm-hmm. nice for like a short term movie probably. Like I guess it makes sense. But Mm -hmm. it's just weird for me to watch because in the canon, it's always like, it just seems like a consistent thing that they're just friends. Like the, at the end of the day, they're always friends. And so seeing it, their relationship is not professional. Yeah. 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 And it's, and also at the same time, this movie seems to portray them as like genuine, like they have little like side conversations with each other, which are like clearly Mm -hmm. just, if they were out of character, the actors would be having kind of chemistry. Yeah. But the fact that like the whole conflict is Watson feeling like he's not good enough friends with Holmes is it doesn't match up like to like from just as a narrative perspective, mm-hmm. like seeing them act like best friends, but then being like, Oh, I'm so underappreciated. We're not on the same level. Kind yeah. Of stuff was, yeah. It's a little dissonant. It doesn't quite jive. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. the ladies come up and say, Holmes, how could you do this? And he says, go back to America with your ham dogs and hot burgers, which is a pretty, <laughs> it's a very dumb joke, but it's also mm-hmm. fair because like, I don't know what British food is called. Jammy Dodgers. Yeah, what? Right? <laughs> I don't Hangers and mash. What is that? Is that a dance move? I yeah. don't know. Jaffa cakes? <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> but Grace replies that, At least in America, our system is fair. No person can be found guilty until his case is heard by a jury of white landowning men. <laughs> which made me very happy. Um, we mm. see some more newspapers which have uh, two of my favorite newspaper jokes in the entire movie, which were mm-hmm. Watson's final meal, bucket of hair. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then just a picture of Gandhi, and underneath it says, I'd like to hang that bitch myself. Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely my, like, top ten favorite moments of the movie, right? It just was so, and it was so fast, too. Like, they just, like, flashed yeah. that image real quick, and I was like, no, I saw that. Blink and you'll miss it. It was good. It was good. So, Holmes is sad. He misses Watson. He cries and fails to suck the tear back up into his tear duct. And that, mm-hmm. as if you hadn't guessed yet, is the cue for <laughs> an actual musical number in the middle of Honest this Honest to God, musical number. And you know what? I was not even that that thrown off. I was like, this might as well happen when that (laughs) that started. Sure, no reason for it not to. It it works better than it did in Billy Madison. And you know what's even weirder? (laughs) The song is great. Yeah, it kind of slaps. I mean, I was sitting there like, oh, great musical number. But then I was like, well, I have to. I've do- I devoted this hour and whatever right. to watching this movie. You're in this far. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to listen to it. I'm really going to just. And you know what? I kind of liked it. Not going to lie. Musical number. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked the song a lot. I watched it on YouTube again afterwards. <laughs> That's great. I spent 20 that... minutes trying to find the soundtrack so I could buy just that one song. And I can't. <laughs> That is amazing, and I love you so much for that. Uh, <laughs> I did it, but I did enjoy it in the movie. Um, and That's also, fair. this brings me the perfect opportunity, which I was waiting for, honestly, since we What's began up? this podcast, to mention the Sherlock Holmes musical, which what? exists. It's a real what? musical. It is called... Say more right now! Sherlock Holmes the Musical. It oh. is called Sherlock Holmes the Musical. I think it came out in, like... You can go on YouTube right now and look up Sherlock Holmes the Musical and listen to a song from it. You probably can't watch the musical anywhere because it's stage only. But, right. yeah, no, this ran on maybe Broadway. I don't know. But, yeah, it's a real musical. Sherlock Holmes the Musical. Look it up. I could tell you what it's about, but the Wikipedia page is just a roller coaster that we don't have time. It would be its own <laughs> podcast. And maybe Fair should enough. be. We'll see. We'll see what the next okay. Patreon episode is for. But, yeah, Sherlock Holmes the Musical is a real thing. Just dropping that right there. We can move on if you want, or we can talk about it. It's up to you. <laughs> That's no, we don't have time to get into that. We, we, I think no. we've already gone a little long. But, uh, but no, we'll, we, we will look into that, and I will definitely listen to that, and we'll have to talk about it mm-hmm. next time. I'll have to see if I can find through uh, scrupulous black market means to see if we can find some footage of that to watch because that sounds oh God, like a it. hoot. I need well, it. But in, yeah, in this, there's in a musical movie, number. Yeah, there's a musical number. It's actually great. Will Ferrell is, unsurprisingly, a very competent songman. I just wish it was in a mm-hmm. better movie than this. Um, John yeah. C. Riley is a great singer. He was great in Chicago. Did you ever see he was in a movie called Walk Hard in 2008 that made fun mm-hmm. of uh, all the, like, super self-dramatic biopics that came out around that time? Like, there was one about Johnny Cash. There was one about Ray Charles. There was one about uh, Bobby Darren. And so they just made yeah. up this fictional rock and roll icon called Dewey Cox and had John C. Riley be him. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. No, I have not. Like, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. 
it sounds it's, so it's good legitimately though legitimately incredible and he does all his own songs in it and it's a great movie it feels a lot like this one but a lot better mm-hmm. and there's uh, okay the, the thing is that because it's a biopic it starts out when he's a little kid but it's just john c Riley playing a six-year-old <laughs> and, <laughs> good good and <laughs> they stick with that convention later on in the movie as he goes up and you know grows up to be a teenager and gets married mm. and runs off with his first wife and she gets real real mad at him and john c Riley is just talking to this teenager and she's like this isn't the life i wanted doing this isn't the life you said that you'd give us and john c Riley is just towering over her and says i think i'm doing pretty good for a 14 year old with a wife and a baby <laughs> and it's, it's, <laughs> anyway yeah. John C. Riley uh, is a legitimately great singer, and now I need to go watch mm-hmm. Chicago again because he is and always will be Mr. Cellophane. So, yes, oh my God. through the power of song, Holmes discovers his emotions and that he has only pushed away Watson because he was afraid of losing him to Grace, mm-hmm. which, I mean, that's legitimate psychology. When your best friend starts yep. seeing someone and your relationship has to change, it, it can be tough. Um, mm-hmm. I like the shot of him, like, running through the jail with, like, a bouquet of flowers, like, Watson, like, going to, running to win him back. Yeah, no, he runs in, and he says, Watson, I've discovered my emotions, and I'm only 46! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That hit. That that was a good... For reasons. That, if you're gonna punch at anyone, like, white men deserve it the most like that's yes yeah. <laughs> yep he arrives he arrives too late um and finds there, there's a short scene of watson being brought a slice of cake by someone we don't see he does that thing mm-hmm. where he turns around and sees the person and says oh it's you you know how any human has ever spoken that's not a thing that right. happens no if it's you speak not. to someone and don't use their name, it's weird. It's like it's because the... it's either because you've forgotten your their name, and then it's awkward, or yeah, yep. I that's it. Really, that's all they. Well, Holmes arrives too late, uh, but he finds that cake crumbs there, and they are clue enough to find them. So he takes off again and says, "I'm coming, Watson. I shouldn't have wasted mm-hmm. all my time singing." <laughs> <laughs> Which. Because there's just like as a fan of musicals, enchanted. yeah, exactly, yeah. As a fan of musicals, <laughs> surely you're aware of the musical problem, which is: are they singing yeah. in world or what? So some acknowledgement mm-hmm. of that is nice. Uh, Watson is being chained up to a desk and being made to record in his journals that Moriarty's daughter defeated Holmes and killed the Queen. Uh oh, it's Mrs. Hudson who the boys have abused throughout the entire movie, just yelling at mm-hmm. her. So, yeah. I didn't see this coming, mostly because it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. I was like, okay, yeah, Mrs. Hudson is the villain. That's a new one, I guess. Like, sure, why not? You know? Yeah, you might as well. Like, <laughs> even the movie itself thinks it's dumb, because when it pans in on Watson writing at the desk, it just zooms out, and she's just sitting there on the couch. Like, there's no dramatic reveal. There's no cut to or pan to or anything. She's just in the scene and then starts talking mm-hmm. to him like, we should already know she's the bad guy. It doesn't work. Right. Even a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. It was very confusing, just in yeah, general. It's, I was it's very watching bad. it trying to be like, okay. Like, yeah. should I have seen this coming? No. There was no reason for no. me to see this coming. <laughs> yeah. 
And you know how there's no reason you should have seen it coming? They have to explain mm-hmm. that she was secretly Moriarty's daughter. She never knew her father, but somehow knew he was her father, and is now trying to win his approval by destroying Holmes. And it's just, it's a mess. It's nonsense. I don't think it mentions Mrs. Moriarty at all, does it? Nope. No, yeah, it's just No, we like, don't know I'm who like, her mother who, was. Who... Who got with Moriarty? That's what yeah. I want to know. <laughs> who, yeah, who is this there's woman? There's an interesting story there. Yeah. It's not the one we get. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. So, yeah. that Yeah, so it was Miss Hudson all along, and now she's going to tie Watson to the the gears of a boat, and, oh, no, that boat's the Titanic for some reason. The Titanic. The so yes they're on the titanic which sailed a full 10 years after the queen's death on our timeline so oh interesting yeah so they're not worried about it um but yes watson is chained up and about to be killed in the depths of the uh of the titanic now tell me nicholas when Mm -hmm. when mrs hudson strapped watson to that gear and left him did you happen to notice that she was surrounded by a retinue of distinctive looking but strange men yeah who one of them kind of looked like albert einstein yep was there a joke there (laughs) kind of but not really um it feels like a thing they tried to set up but didn't have time for because she was surrounded by albert einstein mark twain Uh harry houdini zygmunt freud and charlie chaplin what what was that joke why i would have known now Yeah, no, I saw I that too. I was like, I was like, who are these? Because I saw the guy who looked like Albert Einstein, and I was like, wait, was that, was that, what, what is happening here? And I was like, yeah, and it just distracted me from what was even going on because I was like, did I miss something or like what? Like, they, yeah, no, it was very strange. I, uh, I think it. It was either a joke they didn't write the rest of, mm-hmm. or it was a thing they did put together, but had to cut for time, but they couldn't just cut those dudes from that scene. I ge- yeah, I guess not. I mean... I don't know. Yeah, it was... I'm trying to think of what the joke might have been. I don't know, maybe like just I d- a genius club kind of thing, or... Oh, I could see that. Maybe. Yeah, like a, like a dark Diogenes club kind of thing. Yeah. But that would imply that all of those men were evil, which would be great. <laughs> Or, or it could be that she was maybe, like, they were maybe, like, clo- not clones, but, you know, stand-ins for other geniuses, and she was gonna go could be. take a, 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 but, like, I don't know. Yeah, Genius I, crime? Yeah. I don't know. It was a weird choice. <laughs> I kind of... I, I kind of feel bad that I'm not dumb enough to... I, I mean, I'm too dumb <laughs> to comment properly on that. No, I'm not even dumb enough. But no, but like, this, this is such a weird, bad movie mm-hmm. that I, I don't feel like it's our fault that we can't really get a handle on I it. I know, we're just um, over here desperately trying to understand Holmes and Watson 2018, and it, this movie is not meant for... to be comprehended. No, it's not. <laughs> it is It is kind of pure art in that sense, honestly. That it should just be set down and... It's uncriticizable. In the fa- in it the, is. In the... just because it's so... yeah... It's, yeah. No analysis is possible. All right, well, let's finish this bullshit. So, Watson, Holmes frees Watson, and uh, Holmes can't concentrate on saving the queen from a bomb. Oh, that's right. There's a bomb. (laughs) There's a bomb bomb. on the Titanic. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And Holmes Holmes can't focus long enough to take care of it because he's in love with Millie and he's happy to see her again. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, so he hands the reins over to Watson. And, yeah, and, I mean, 
as the as a way to end this movie it works i guess sure. you know like he has already done watson watson has to do the detective work you get the holmes vision sequence but it's watson talking and trying to figure out the map and then being like and also that lead to a pretty good joke i thought where He's trying to, like, do the calculations to figure out what to do to, like, defuse the bomb or mm-hmm. whatever. And he's just like, fuck it, math is so hard. And then he just, like, busts out and charges at the straight at, like... He does. <laughs> and it's he just it's good. punches his it's, way straight there. It's a good, it's a good joke. Uh, the, it was. It was a good goof. <laughs> they really... Like, if anyone, Watson is treated the best in this movie as... Yeah. You know, like, throw Holmes out entirely. Like, this movie could just be about Watson, and I would have liked it. <laughs> it's they really got it like all the Holmes jokes really fell flat like didn't really know what they were talking about kind of right. weird off brand out of character Sherlock Holmes jokes but like all the, the Watson, Watson stuff was on point. pretty good yeah pretty spot yeah. on um so <laughs> Sherlock Holmes saves the Titanic uh they're they're seeing the girls off back to America Grace uh blows a kiss to Watson he catches it Holmes tries to blow a kiss to Millie and she draws a shotgun on him <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> America this produces a magic shotgun which made me very happy mm-hmm. um holmes confesses that he wasn't in love with millie he needed to understand love in order to solve the case and she suddenly able to speak confesses that she hasn't been crazy or raised by feral cats she's been experimenting on the manipulation of the male ego and then they just go back and forth argue 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 smooching so it ends with smooching mm-hmm. the girls get on the boat and <laughs> sherlock calls to her goodbye millie make sure you get plenty of best rest bed rest there's a good chance you're pregnant <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. From the kissing, you see. Mm, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then, and then who's, who's the final guest star who shows up? I Nicholas? don't know. Who is that? I, okay. And then they're, okay, they're there at the Titanic and all these people are getting on yeah. and someone says, oh, look, there's Billy Zane. And it cuts to Billy Zane who looks unbelievable in his beard and giant mustaches just happy to be there and he just gets on the boat and the credits list him billy zane as himself okay so nicholas billy zane was cal the villain in the film titanic oh yes okay no i get it now okay because that whole joke just flew completely over my head but i was like that guy looks that's because it's not a joke i (laughs) feel like i should know that's awesome i love that yeah see look i i don't think i've ever watched titanic all the way through like i've seen bits and pieces of it like on tv or whatever but i haven't never sat down and watched it so that wasn't oh i that's good that's 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 solid and billy zane as himself Mm -hmm. it's the weirdest damn thing yeah and then so Watson gives uh, Holmes a deerstalker cap. Holmes gives Watson a placard naming him co-detective. End of movie. And then we cut to Wyoming territory, USA. Yeah, they... <laughs> I literally wrote in my notes, please don't make a sequel to this, dear God. Actually, <laughs> JK, JK, please don't. And just <laughs> like, because I was like, I don't know, for like two seconds, the spirit of who the the mob of people glued together with gorilla glue who were responsible for this movie possessed me into thinking maybe a western holmes and watson movie could be funny and then i came back to myself but like i don't know i don't know yeah no they cut to like america it's like a saloon 
and a boy, like a newsboy delivery boy something, is delivering Moriarty a letter saying it's like from Holmes or something where it's like, oh, we're coming for your ass or something like that. And then it pans up and the boy is mysteriously gone. And then Moriarty looks across the saloon and sees uh, Holmes and Watson there at the bar, like looking at him. And Watson like points a gun at him, like, you know, like, ha, we got you kind of thing. And then it just like finger guns, yeah, he finger guns at him. Right. Finger yeah. guns. Yeah. And I thought it was an actual gun. I don't remember. <laughs> and, um, then someone walks in front of the camera and then they're just like gone kind of thing. And it was just, and that's like, it. And that's it. And that's the end of the movie. And I was like, Oh, please don't, <laughs> don't do this. God. Don't make a sequel. I'm hoping, I imagine that the just utter lack of acclaim that this movie just universally yeah. just regarded as bad. Oh yeah. There's no way it was a cataclysm financially, critically. To, yeah. yeah. I think maybe, Maybe that was supposed to be a goof reference to that the third Robert Downey Jr., the upcoming final Sherlock trilogy, that's going to be a Western. I think maybe that was supposed to be a nod Is to it? that. Yeah. Oh. Oh, are they making more? <laughs> They're making one more. We've talked about this on this show, Nicholas. Have you know you oh. want to see Jude Law in a cowboy hat. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, I am on board for it. I... <laughs> this... I don't dislike those movies. They're honestly fun. Like, I kind of no, watch they're fun. I watch them like I watch the Pirates of the Caribbean movies right now, where I'm like, yeah. I'm disregarding the source material. I'm just here to have a good time, and I usually have a good time. So, yeah. yeah. This one, though, no. I <laughs> would no. not. So. I, I don't have enough faith in it to to suffer through a, no. through a sequel. And what, that was Holmes. Yeah, that was Holmes and Watson. Any other that final was thoughts? very much Holmes and Watson, uh, except that it was bad. And I'm, I mean, <laughs> oh, also one like, of the newspapers was called the newspaper that Moriarty was reading at the beginning of that scene was called the Pretend Town Chronicle, which was good. <laughs> that is pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right on the yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I'm trying to think of any of my notes that I wrote down here. I didn't get to, but no, I pretty much got to everything. Uh, the lead's yeah, chemistry is good. The Sherlock trope. Sherlock Vision trope, uh, the trail of bodies joke. It's, it's a Hugh Laurie. Um, yeah, Hugh Laurie the... question mark. And then I wrote one of my notes is just why is everyone yelling with like a little sad face drawn next to it. Yeah, there's a lot of yelling. <laughs> there's there's an extended sequence where they just yell for Mrs. Hudson, mm-hmm. and it's just the two of them yelling increasingly insane things. Mm-hmm. Just starting out with Mrs. Hudson, come here. Mrs. Hudson! Mrs. Hudson! Watson stuck a carrot up my bum! <laughs> Mrs. Hudson, your mother has died! <laughs> just just increasingly fire, ridiculously. Fire. Yeah. Yeah, and it is, it's a solid 45 seconds of, of two loud dudes just yelling. <laughs> and it must be what it's like to hang out with me, because I could not <laughs> handle it. Yeah. I know. I feel like I talk so loud. I'm like, oh, maybe I should turn my mic down. Uh, I just get excited and don't have yeah, volume control I get anymore. That. I get excited. I get excited and I have sinus problems, which means my ears are frequently stuffy, which means I'm frequently louder than I realize. Oh, no. I am. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I wrote this down. Uh, what's your opinion of the Sherlock Vision trope? Do you like it or do you think it's dumb? I liked it in the Robert Downey Jr. movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it broke down the process because that's that was Sherlock's whole thing, even in Study in Scarlet, the first one, where he talked about how he makes a chain of associations and decisions so quickly that it seems mm-hmm. like it happens instantaneously in one one movement. 
And I liked it when it was applied to a physical situation like the fight where where yes. Robert Downey Jr. is fighting the guy in the pit like that. Yeah. That's fucking cool. I dig it a lot. I actually think it was used pretty well in this movie for comedic effect. Because like you said, there's there's that sequence where Watson just mm-hmm. enters into that headspace and he's like, okay, X, or is that a plus? No, mm-hmm. wait, what does Y mean? What's the angle of approach? I don't know from angles. It's just like, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> That's and me trying it, to do. It is interesting. Yeah, for real. It is interesting <laughs> visually. Um, I'm not yeah. mad at it. It's become it's become part of the language of telling a home story on screen. It and, really has. Yeah. Yeah, like they do it in The Good Doctor, which is Sherlock oh. Holmes in a medical context oh, with, with Freddie Highmore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's – I'm not mad at it. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's better than all of it just happening in Sherlock's head and us not seeing anything. Yeah. I think it's just one way to yeah. play with the whole – how do you know what Holmes is thinking until he, unless he tells it to Watson and you don't want him just constantly right. monologuing to Watson, explaining every little yeah. thing like that gets kind of boring to listen to. And television's right. a, video, Show, a don't visual tell. medium. Like I get it. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I definitely think if it's not overused, <laughs> BBC Sherlock, um, it could be really cool and, <laughs> and function really well, uh, as a device. Yeah. I don't know, just wanted your opinion on that. I thought it was kind of a, it's a very Holmes related thing. So it is. comes up quite a bit. Well, Noah, we hope you enjoyed I this. I really hope um, you did. I watched this movie for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I'm not going to lie. Halfway through this episode, I was trying real hard to make it work. And in my head, I'm like, good God, is this even going to be listenable? But you know what? I think that's a reflection on the movie, not on us. Oh, yeah. Um, we tried We tried real hard. We probably went into more detail than was strictly necessary, but we're used to, you know, dissecting these stories pretty thoroughly. So uh, when we do more movies over on the Patreon feed, I think we'll probably get a better rhythm with those. It's a different kind of show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we knew that going. <laughs> no, I think I think it was still worked okay, though. I mean, you, yeah, no, I mean, we, I think we we, we, we have to product. save people somehow from having to actually watch this movie. So yeah, for real, we have to. Ex- Sherlock Peoria. I know you said you love this one. Uh, I agree that there are things to like about it. Uh, Me too. That is as far. That's as much as I'm willing to extend. I definitely did not hate this movie as much as I was expecting to hate it. Yeah. Did I like it? Absolutely not. But did I hate it? No, no, not really. That definitely at least gave us enough to talk about for nearly two hours have fun editing that yeah i'm so sorry well let's see what we're (laughs) yeah uh let's let's see what we're reading next time Uh, i got the cannon up here i got my d100s go ahead and roll those nerd okay so we are reading number 28 in the canon which is 1904's the second stain Ooh, yes good one you Good get to one. see a lot of homes crawling okay. around on the floor with this one, I think, from what I remember. Okay, which well, I know a fan is... favorite. <laughs> well, all right, listeners, uh, read up on the second stain for the next time. Uh, go watch three good movies to clear this one out yep. of your head don't you, watch Holmes like. and Watson unless you want to I'm not gonna stop you but don't say we didn't want yeah. you don't pay don't pay money for it don't because there are some movies when it's on Amazon and you're like $14.99 well if I if I buy it and watch it three times over the course of several years that's good the money works out right mm. it's not gonna work out on Holmes and Watson no, don't not. pay money for it yep don't no. don't do that go watch Mr. Holmes or go watch yeah wait what's a lot the of one good Real quick, I gotta put out a good Holmes comedy that, like, people can, should actually watch. Okay, I got two. One is, um, The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. Really funny. Okay. It's an older movie. It's bad, but in an old movies were bad, still enjoyable kind of way. And, okay. And it makes a lot of, like, 
gay Holmes and Watson jokes, but not in like a gross sure. way, in like a genuinely kind of funny way. And okay. it's, I'm sure there are like really dumb bad things about it that I'm just forgetting because I watched that movie probably drunk, but it is enjoyable sure. and worth watching. The second one is very, very unrelated to Sherlock Holmes kind of in any way, but it's a Buster Keaton movie called Sherlock Jr. You might have heard of it. Okay. I don't know. It's old black and white nope. silent film. Buster Keaton is basically like Charlie Chaplin. Uh, he, right, right, he's right. That t- yeah. You know who he is, but um, it's called Sherlock Jr. It's basically just Buster Keaton trying to be a detective, I think, or someone who wants to be a detective, and it's fucking adorable. It is one of the cutest movies I've ever seen, and there's a lot of just classic Buster Keaton action kind of stuff where it's like, you know, camera tricks because it was silent movie era, and it's super enjoyable. I unfortunately don't know where it might be right now. I watched it. Uh, when back when Netflix was still sending you DVD rentals uh, right. on <laughs> on that, but I'm sure you'll be able to find it somewhere. It's pretty uh, Buster Keaton's pretty big, but yeah, uh, it's okay. so that was Sherlock Jr. and the Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. Si- have to check those. It out. Had to have come out in the 60s. Private Life, I think 60s or 70s. But anyway, okay. yeah, both. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, both that good tracks. times. Well, and you know, you know what I remembered when you mentioned Buster Keaton. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly after Holmes and Watson came out. John C. Riley and Steve Coogan released uh, sort of a biopic about Laurel and Hardy, oh. where they played Laurel and Hardy together. Yeah. And I think the understanding was kind of that this movie was the price John C. Riley had to pay to get to make that other movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> was well, it bad? You know, because... Well, you got to do your, you know, your big accessible get people in the in the seats eating popcorn movie so you can make your, you know, serious the one that matters Oh, to yeah, you. sure. Yeah, okay. that's what happened with uh, the final Batman movie because after after the Dark Knight, when Heath Ledger died, Christopher Nolan was heartbroken and mm-hmm. didn't want to continue. He was he was done. Right, and Wa- Warner Brothers rolled up literally to his home with a truck full of money and said, "Take this money, make your dream movie, make the movie you thought you would never get to make, and then make us a third goddamn Batman." Are you serious? And, what yeah, the heck? That's what happened, and that's. And that's how we got Inception. What? The movie industry is whack. Yeah, Inception was the bribe they offered him to give them a third Batman. And, like, we all know what we got. Whether, you know, who got the better end of that deal is debatable. (laughs) But but it's what got us Inception, and that's a good movie. Right? Worth it, I would would think. Yeah, I I love Inception. It was great. Yeah. which which leads to the question, if Heath Ledger hadn't died, and we had a third good Batman movie, but no Inception, what would that world be like? Right? Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I... even Dark Knight Rises wasn't a bad movie. There were things to like about oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I like the Dark Knight movies. They're not, like, my my favorite ever, but they're they're cool. They're fun to watch. Yeah. I like Christopher Nolan. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, Interstellar can't, was really good. Why can't I have both? <laughs> why can't I yeah. have a good Batman movie and Inception? Uh, yeah. But yeah, so... That was well, fun. Listeners, that was fun, honestly. Yeah. Like, despite the movie being what it was, I still had a good time. I did too, and it was it was fun to t- it was fun to talk about something 
different as well. Mm-hmm. There, there are different things to talk about with the movie than than with the the short story, obviously. But yeah. we'll get back to what we're paid to do next time. Uh, go ahead and read the second disdain. You can find us on Twitter at the Final Podblum. Please do at us. We would love to hear from you. Uh, send us your questions, your thoughts. We're trying to get enough questions together for a mailbag episode. Presently, we have. Let me check our mailbox. Rattle, rattle. Open the tin door. Look inside. We have one. Send us more questions. We'll answer them. Close the door. Put the flag up so the mailman knows there's mail inside. Although, if the mailman comes to take the mail inside, he'll just mail it back to us. So, I don't really know what my plan was he there. He just stands there, I didn't there, think takes this it mime out, sequence puts through. it back in. I've done my job. <laughs> well, that was easy. All right, all our buddies. Yeah. Uh, we love you all. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And, uh, yeah. yeah. How about that, Nick? You got anything else to say to the nice people? I... I was going to say, you're getting paid to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we do have a Patreon. And yeah. we do. Oh, that's right. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, you can find us on Patreon at Semi-Automagic. Five bucks a month uh, gets you the key to getting all of our episodes a week early. Most of a week early. <laughs> it's really tough to get two episodes edited per week. So you actually so get the episodes hard. the Thursday before <laughs> they come out. Uh, speaking of which, I still have to mail today's to Dylan. But um, you get the episodes early. You get the pre-show goofs of us talking about stuff before we start recording um and after this you're gonna start getting monthly movie review episodes um so if you liked what you heard today and want to hear it again but about good movies (laughs) then consider becoming a patreon donor and uh, you can listen to us talk about movies some more until then all our buddies we love you all have a great week and we'll see you next time yep see ya bye bye The Sussex Vampire was a nightmare to edit, by the way. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I can imagine. No, um, just because of the length, just it was just too. We we went on. I'm glad we went on as long as we did. We said some things that needed to be said, retinting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very important tinting. Take I'm that, Hergé. You cannot edit this out. It's vital. You dead Belgian fuck. <laughs> We cut to Watson, he is being held prisoner and being made to record in one of his journals that Moriarty's... We cut to Watson, he is uh, (laughs) being held... Thanks, Nick. Thanks for ruining my second take. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't realize that's what you were doing. No, no, no worries. Go try to we say should start doing that more often, Morton. Morton Salt. <laughs>